Robin. What's up? Oh, I can't believe this is happening. This is so cool. I, we had you on a year ago, almost to the day. The world ended since then, but we're still standing. Oh, wait, wait. Did I miss the memo? The world is still going on. I missed that part. <laughs> no, I, 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 I've been locked away in this studio, Robin. I haven't gone anywhere. Um, how are you? It's so good to do it because we've had you on before and we've always done Lynn, the phoners. Thanks, how are you? Are you this well? is so cool. I'm so good. And I'll tell you, Right off the top, man, the, the, the last show I saw was Raiding the Rock Vault uh, wow. in, in February. Uh, and you, uh, you know, 2020? Yeah, just this last February, we came and you, uh, my, I brought my girlfriend. We met you afterwards and her daughter, who's like 21, you're now her favorite singer in the world. You took her to meet uh -huh. the whole band and everything. That was such a special uh -huh. experience. And then there, I haven't been to a show that, since then. It's almost been a year. Well, um, March, uh, March 4th was my last uh, show in Vegas. And um, the, 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 the whole madness started very soon afterwards. And, and during that small interval, I was, uh, we had a sold out Japan tour with, with Shankerfest, uh, which of course got canceled. And um, we were transitioning into Europe, into the UK, other parts of Europe. Of course that was canceled, rescheduled, canceled. So. Well, here we are, and um, you know, I got to be home a lot longer than I anticipated, and my honeydew list uh, just continues to grow, man. <laughs> what, what I mean, it's a loaded question, but what's what's the last year been like for you? Because I know that you've been involved in several projects. You have, and I want to touch on this. You have a, a solo album coming out this this year. Yes, I do. In fact, uh, just approved. Uh, uh, video script this morning uh, over the weekend just approved the, uh, the CD cover artwork um, and uh, I start shooting uh, some photos and video this this weekend. Uh, first, uh, just a little insight. So the first, uh, there'll be an official press release uh, February 25th um, with artwork and uh, the first single uh, off the uh, solo CD, followed by a second single in April, followed by the actual drop date, May 7th. That's so exciting, Robin. I can't wait. I can't wait, man. I saw Well, Frontier. I didn't want to do it, just so you know. I well, mean, you know, the, the label called me and they're going, hey, we think you should uh, fill up this sort of in-between time of the Black Swan. There will be a new Black Swan. We haven't started, but we will start very soon. Um, and... Uh, they said, you know, it'd be good to keep the momentum. And I'm going, but I don't want to. Why do I want to do a solo record? And who wants to hear a solo record? And what would I do on a record? You know, I've only ever done one other solo record a thousand years ago. And um, I've never given solo records any much thought. And uh, long story endless, I, I had no idea where to start, what to do. You know, I, one of my, my, my initial discussion with the label was, why would I want to do more of the same? <laughs> That's basically all I said. And they said, well, so what do you want to do? And I said, well, not more of the same. I'd like to, you know, make a left turn somewhere and do something a little bit different that I can have fun with. And they went, nah, well, you know, that's not what people know you for. And I'm going, people don't know me, period. Okay, so what would it make? It wouldn't make any difference. Anyway, you know, break out the violins. Um, I was talking to my good buddy, Tony Franklin, and I went, 
Hey, Tony, you want to write a couple of tunes? Do you know anybody who writes songs that, you know, would want to write a song with me? And he goes, so he starts kicking out some names and uh, I put together a, a bunch of songs. And then I had an idea, should I have an, people keep asking me, did, will there ever be another Grand Prix record? And I went, not as long as I'm alive, probably, but I have fortunately um, had the pleasure of bumping into uh, Phil Lanzon a number of times out with Uriah Heep. And um, I know Phil is pretty active on that uh, yes. corner. So uh, I got a hold of Phil and I went, hey, dude, this is most likely never going to be a Grand Prix reunion. How about we write a couple of tunes together and it's kind of a little, so we did that. And then before I know it, I have 15 or 16 songs um, that I can pick 12 from. And so we picked 12 and here we are. <laughs> of course it's groundbreaking, man. I want you to know. <laughs> it's just like the old stuff. It's a throwback. No, you, you sell yourself short, Robin, because I mean this when I tell you and I'm looking you right in the eye this time, you're the best singer in you're the best rock singer of all time. And I mean that oh, I'm, tell dude. I'm telling you that right now, the, the, those MSG records, perfect timing is one of my favorite albums of all time. I've seen you now with rating the rock ball. I've seen you with uh, Shanker fest. You have made such an impression on so many people, including, like I said, my, my girlfriend's 21 year old daughter who listens to the weekend and post Malone, you're now her favorite singer. So you're, you're oh. impacting the younger generation now too, man. Well, well, that's just awesome. Tell her I said thank you very much. And uh, I, I, I don't take that lightly. I appreciate it very, very much. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm fortunate, Clint, to uh, continue to love what I do. Um, I just love being involved. My wife, my wife says, for God's sake, do something. Because you are the worst person. You're the worst patient to be around if you're not doing your music. And I'm going, ah. <laughs> I don't believe and it. So I do. I do need a kick. I do need a kick, and uh, I, I, I thank the label for giving me a kick. It, you know, as I said, you know, it's totally groundbreaking. It's going to be great, Robin. We're so excited. You're you're wearing a black swan shirt. You brought it up at the outset. You said last year when we talked, you said this is, and this is a strong quote from you. You said this is the best thing that I've ever done. Yeah, black swan, I, shake I, the I world. By, and I still stick by that. It's simply because. Um, you know, the sound, the production, the writing. Um, we were in a, in a very focused, fun sort of mood when we did it, and I think it reflected that, it's powerful. Um, and, and, you know, I've worked with so many different producers and Jeff Pilson probably hit the nail on the head with me, got me the best vocal sound I personally think I've ever had, just a, just a, and he goes, I'm not going to make you sound like this or that you're going to sound like you. This is going to be you singing. And nobody ever really approached that aspect of my voice before. And I'm going, well, it's going to be what it is. And he goes, that's why we're doing this. And uh, it was a great record to make. Sounds great. I still love it. It's still one of my favorite records. And it's definitely my favorite band. <laughs> well, it's a great bunch of guys. How important kind of at your age is it to work with people that, that you get along with? I mean, you talk about Jeff Pilson. He's been on this show so many times. He's a dear friend. Matt Starr, Red Beach, who we just had on a couple months ago. I love all those guys dearly. How important is it to just work with people that you like being around? Oh, dude. Um, imagine 
if you were going into your office, imagine you're going in and sitting behind your desk there, right? And there's a guy sitting to your left or your right there going, this guy brings me down, man. This, I'm, not, I'm not getting, I'm not feeling the energy. I'm not feeling the, the, posit, the positive vibes or whatever it is. He just, I don't like to be around negativity. I just not who I am, never been who I am. I like, you know, there's enough misery. Why do I want to be miserable? Absolutely. <laughs> and why do I want to be sitting beside somebody who's even more miserable? So um, I like I like good positive energy. And I think once you have are surrounded by that, you know, it just it comes out of the pores, you know, it's just uh, it's just I'm not the first person to say that, but you know, yeah, forget the negative. There's enough negativity, you know. What's the vibe been like? Because I know you've done the Shanker Fest tour all over the all over the world for uh, the last few years, and you had it, right. obviously another one canceled. What What's it been like doing that with Michael? You've got other singers involved, you know, guys like Gary Barden, Grant Bonnet, doing yeah. all this. What What's is that? Do you prefer that where you can come out and do sort of a set of your own, or or is it difficult to not be you know, the main guy out there singing all oh, the songs. No, 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 no. I don't need to be the main guy. Um, and, and, you know, for years, um, as part of the Macaulay Schenker, you know, we'd go out and do the Macaulay Schenker material, but uh, because of the fan base Michael has, we'd, we'd have to venture into UFO catalog. We'd have to venture into early Gary and, and, and Graham territory and, and, the Michael's fans expect to hear everything, no matter who's singing it. And you know, Michael's in in a, has always been in, in in that in that position where he brings in multiple vocals over a period of time. And when Schenkerfest came up, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to do it, I didn't have to think twice. I mean, instead of me singing Gary's songs or or Graham's song, I let I'm up there with them as they're singing their own, and I actually have the honor of singing a backing vocal. And we had an absolute blast. I mean, I we had it. a blast, a, a two and a half, three hour show sometimes, sometimes. Um, and then we brought Doogie in or Michael brought Doogie in. And so we, we venture into the Temple of Rock material and I get to sing backups there as well. And now he has, um, actually this, uh, this Friday, I believe, um, will be the release of Michael's new record, Immortal, um, where he has uh, Ronnie Romero, he has uh, Jolyn Turner, and he, and he has Ralph, uh, I can never pronounce his last name, from Primal Fear on there, and Michael Voss on there, uh, who also produces. And this is his 50th anniversary record, and Gary and Graham and myself uh, and Doogie are only on one track on this record, which is In Search of Peace of Mind. Um, and I'm only on the, uh, and I try right on the end. That's, that's as much as you get from me. <laughs> that's as much as you need. That was incredible. I was hoping to hear more from you, honestly, on this album. I got an advanced copy of it and it's actually really good. I love all the singers, but I have this soft spot for the late eighties, the early nineties, MSG, Macaulay Shanker group. That's my, that's my MSG, honestly, because that's how I got introduced to the band was songs like Bad Boys and, and Anytime and all these songs like it. it Those are good times. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did you, how did you meet Michael? I don't think I know this story. Oh dear. Um, Grand Prix and Michael Schenker group used to share 
the same record label back in London, Chrysalis Records. So we were stable mates uh, first and foremost. Um, we Grand Prix were doing some warm shows to uh, I think tour with Sammy Hager on the Standing Hampton record. And um, we did a warm up show in London and I got a nudge up on stage. Hey, look who's in the audience. So Schenker's out there with Chris Lynn, bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Nye was on keys at the time. And uh, Cozy Powell, the great Cozy Powell. And they were all standing sort of <laughs> watching, the, watching and listening to the show. And the very next morning, which it was a Sunday night show morning, uh, Monday morning, uh, I had a call from um, Cozy's uh, press person. And she goes, uh, Michael was at the show last night. And I went, yeah, like you could miss him, you know. And um, he's rehearsing right now. And uh, he was very impressed. And he would love you to come down to the rehearsal room and, and, uh, and jam with them. And I went, well, I can't do that because I'm leaving for tour tomorrow with Grand Prix. And we'll be gone for, I don't know, what, about three, four weeks or something. And I got so much bad press from that one conversation because I was called uh, a young Irish upstart and how could I possibly uh, uh, refuse to go and jam, not even join, jam with Michael Shanker, you know, an offer that most people would would die for. Mm -hmm. And I went, well, it's just not that easy. You know, I have commitments. What am I supposed to do? Go, hey guys, I'm not coming on tour. I'm going to the rehearsal room, right? And, there was no more about it, no more. I never actually spoke to Michael. Um, and then over the next three years or something like that, I ended up in Germany, in Frankfurt, um, with a, a studio uh, project called Far Corporation. Bobby Kimball and myself were part of it. We did a remake. It wasn't our decision. We had nothing to say. We just, you know, followed the leader. That's, and um, right. And uh, we did a remake of Stairway to Heaven that went uh, top 10 in the UK. I think it sold about 2 million singles. I think we hit number five or number eight, something. Anyway, Rudolf Schenker heard the single on the radio. You couldn't escape it. It was long 24 seven, round the clock. It was, it, it was huge in Europe. Um, Rudolf played it to Michael. He says, we need this guy. Michael goes, <laughs> I already approached him three or four years ago. And he said, no. And uh, he's the singer from Grand Prix and so, so, so. And I think Rudolph and the management, they said, contact him. So they tracked me down. I was actually out on a promotional tour in the UK. They tracked me down, found out where I was, found out what days I was off and booked a flight to Hanover. And I said, I'm not going to Hanover, dude. I'm, I'm like so busy. <laughs> and I wasn't dissing him. It was just, I never, and this is the gods. I, it's an old story. I never saw myself as, uh, as the singer for Michael Schenker group. I just wasn't my bag. I didn't think the material would, would suit me. And I, I thought this would be bad for Michael and, and not good for me either because I'd be doing something that I didn't feel comfortable with. And just, you know, I, I know my limitations. And I went, this, this would be terrible for him, you know? And I was very familiar with what he did, you know? Uh, obviously being stable mates. Anyway, 
I ended up in Hanover. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I ended up in Hanover on a Saturday that the very same weekend when they tracked me down and I was there uh, Saturday night, all day Sunday and into Monday. And uh, we wrote a couple of things uh, and I sang mostly Gary's material um, and then listened to some new stuff that he had at Rudolph's studio in Hanover. And um, about a week or something, I'm back in London. I'm living in London, obviously. And uh, Michael called me and he said, we had a talk with the management and uh, you were the last of 17 singers and Klaus and Rudolph and all the management have listened. And I would like you to be my new partner. And I went, huh? Okay. <laughs> And that's really where it went. And then the rest I won't get into, you know, with the Macaulay Schenker, that was all his, was his idea. It wasn't my idea. Stupid mistake. Um, but anyway, yeah, my, I don't need to have my name up on the, uh, it's not that important. To me. Well, it just fit. You have the last name. It starts with M, MSG. It well, just that's what he said. It that's what he, said. he says, yeah, you know, Mug, M. And I says, yeah, but Gary's name doesn't start with an M, you know? <laughs> he goes, no, no, mine. It <laughs> works. Know? Hey. That's how I learned who you were. I'm so glad it worked out that way. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah. But you know, it was, it was fun. You know, we were in a bag where, you know, you were supposed to write something for radio and, and I got slammed. I'm really for that because, you know, I changed the because I was writing commercial melodies. Anyway. And those yeah. songs live on on Hair Nation XM exponentially. You can't go a day without hearing any time. It's great. It's it lives on. Um, before we let you go, Robin, we got to talk about uh, reading the Rock Vault, which is is one of my favorite shows. Uh, every time Thank I'm you. in Vegas, I, I'm there. Again, that was the last show I've been to uh, last February. So, what what are you guys kind of hearing? Is there is there any talks of maybe trying to get it ramped up? I know Sir Harry Cowell is a great yeah. man and to be trusted. Yeah, but he's locked down. He's locked down in the UK. He can't go anywhere. He hasn't seen his family and. Months. Oh, that's terrible. Um, because of the restrictions. And now, of course, they have a new mutant strain Ugh. out of the UK. Um, as a result of how far we went with, uh, with Rock Vault in, in, uh, in Vegas during this mad period, we actually, um, you know, the voting went on and we actually, for the seventh consecutive year, uh, got best of, best of Vegas in our category. Um, so somebody likes to show people to come to it. They, uh, you know, it's an all ages thing. They just have a lot of fun. There's no pretense. There's no backing tracks. It's just us. And, um, who would have thought seven years later that, that, that old ship would still be sailing, but we have a blast doing it. Um, to answer your question until all restrictions are lifted, Vegas, not just rock vault, but Vegas is in that, uh, wait and see period. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the answer directly, but I, I don't see anything happening till certainly towards the end of the year. There is some talk to Rock Falk might tour. Um, what that entails, I'm not completely sure. We did do a show Christmas of last year. In December, we went to London for, uh, for a bunch of shows. We were there for five days. I think we did three shows and, um, it was very successful to just get the, you know, get the feelers out and, and see how the promoters liked it. So Vegas is still, 
will continue to be in that sort of uh, hurry up and wait thing till it's safe to do so. No rooms open, nothing like that. Some of the guys have tried, you know, live stream. And by the time they got to do that, more restrictions were piled on them. And, and so what would have been like 50 people in a room became 25 in a room and just uh, this thing needs to go away. Man. Yes. <laughs> needs yeah. to go away. God, does it you ever... Know? I don't know who to believe anymore. Is it as bad as they say it is? People, people are dying. I have doctor friends and, and, sure. and, and there is no question about it that people are dying. But a lot of the people that die are in, have a lot of, unfortunately, underlying pneumonia or re respiratory. Um, people have been a little stupid, a little careless. Um, Fair. Um, whew. I hate those masks. I wear it. Wear the mask. Should be wearing a mask we're, now, man. <laughs> hey, we're masks off. We're, we're maskless. This is we're perfect. Maskless. <laughs> feels good to have um, one off for a second. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but um, you know, it's funny when I'm out and I, I grocery store and I wear a mask, um, I end up coughing because who, whoever said breathing your own CO2 was a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> Robin, I'm going to tell you, I, next time we're out there, we got to come, we got to, got to say hi in person. It's been too long, man. So please do. I, it's, you know, my, my, I, I'm coming out Love in the April. Shirt, by the way. Heck, you know, <laughs> Hey, I don't know if this is the place to be right now. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I think you're yeah, in a, probably a better place than the California is right now. <laughs> um, before we let you go, got to hit you with our final four drum roll, which is four quick questions. And you give us whatever comes to mind. It'll be fine. It might be invasive. It might make your wife Gina mad at you and me. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Nervous now, man. <laughs> okay, no, we'll, th we'll start with an easy one. What uh, show or shows have you been able to catch up on on, on Netflix or whatever during uh, during this last year? Oh, man. So we watched The Crown, which is always very interesting. Mm. Um, and there's a couple of you, if you're on AMC, uh, there's a couple of great uh, UK uh detective series one called marcello which is really really good um we're totally into vampires so there's a new thing called uh um something about witches i can't remember exactly but it's really good it's really good stuff. i gotta seek that out that's that's yeah. that's that's but my I style see, it's like something which is i don't know but it's really good it's really good. Anything with vampires or witches, I'm, I'm all there, dude. Uh, well, yeah. we know my last show as a fan that I attended was writing the Rock Vault. What What was the last show before the pandemic started that you attended as a as a fan? Do you remember? Oh dear God, I didn't really uh, an MSG fest. <laughs> You're right there, you go. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't get to go to any shows at all because. You know, um, you guys were four or five Rock nights Rock a week, Rock right? Rockwall was working five nights a week. That's right. That makes and, sense. And uh, I just didn't get, I didn't even get to see a Vegas show. Isn't that crazy? And now, right. <laughs> well, it, well, well, let's, how we'll try this. What was, what was the first concert you ever went to in your life growing up in the UK? What was your first show? Oh, you, you, uh, Thin Lizzy. Oh my God. Thin Lizzy, man. Really? Actually, actually, um, I was 12 years of age. Because I was born and raised in Ireland, sure. Right, and uh, whiskey in the jar was was huge at radio, but mostly on Radio Luxembourg. You couldn't get daytime radio, uh, rock radio anywhere, whether it's the UK or Ireland. But anyway, um, I got to go see Thin Lizzy as a twelve-year-old. There was about less than twenty people, 
we were sitting cross-legged in this tiny little place. Are you ready? <laughs> and this was still Phil Lynott and uh, Brian Downey and Eric Bell. Amazing. Oh, wow. Dude. Yeah. How many can, can say that? And then I, I saw Live and Dangerous at Wembley. Um, and I actually saw, here's, here's a good one. This will show my age. I actually saw uh, um, a band called uh, Genesis with Peter Gabriel. Hey, Peter Gabriel, yeah. On Foxtrot, opening up for a Scottish band called Lindis Farm. Beat wow. Beat that one. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old timer there. I, I got to bow out. Yeah. Uh, I win that one. Amazing. I win that one. <laughs> what is what is uh, the the first album that you remember buying with your own money or that you stole? Either one. No oh, judgment. oh, you never heard that story. I have a great story. Oh so, no. So I bought, I bought Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Uh, Cosmos Factory, right? <clears throat> and at the time, there was a the, up around the bend was a single, and so I bought the vinyl, the twelve inch for my old girlfriend at the time, right? And I, I, I knew a couple of cuts from the record. So I took the, uh, the shrink wrapping off it. I had a turntable. I stuck there, God's truth. I stuck it on there. I played it and I went, she's not getting this. <laughs> <laughs> and she never did. And so that was my very, very first vinyl was uh, Cosmos Factory. Amazing. Uh, last one, Night to Night. Uh, what was your, what song for, for that you would sing at Rating the Rock Vault would get the, the best audience reaction night after night. I, I, oh. I, I've seen the show enough. I'm going to say Eye of the Tiger for me. Really? What, 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 what maybe Stairway? Um, I think Stairway was always okay. more of the spectacle because, you know, it had all the lights and, and it didn't matter who was playing, you know, it, Howard was always up there. What is Howard Lease? And it was either Doug Aldridge or, or Rowan Robertson or David Motto, you know, and then if you have uh, Hugh McDonald from Joby on bass, you know, you're, you're kind of, kind of on a winner right there, and and it was always a spectacle with it is. with, uh, with um, I think one I used to enjoy really a lot was uh, was uh, all right now bad company uh, from free with uh, with Howard because you have Howard plus I wrote a song on this solo record with Howard also so. Oh, amazing. Uh, this makes yeah. me miss it all that much more, Robin. We're going to get things back on track, get things back to normal. I'll be in Vegas in April. I'm going to look you up. Take care. Stay safe and stay healthy, my friend. God bless you, my friend. God bless Thanks you, for sir. Talking. Thank you. you. See you soon.